No worries. I'm live blogging the whole event on my podcast. We're trending right now. Right now? Hey, all of you out there in internet land, watch closely because I'm going to bust Phineas and Fern. <laughs> she never busts them. And internet land is not a real place. You know it hasn't been bad or happy than sad, but I'll tell you I'm glad when I think about starting all over again. Yeah, I know where we've been, but I don't think about that. There was a moment, but this is another. So we're not gonna cry when we say goodbye to the year that is proceeding. We're not gonna look back, we know we're on the right track, and we all know that time is fleeting. Podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast where we review Disney television animation shows. I'm your host, Chandler Darshay. Joining me on the podcast today, we have David Gansel. It's still me, Mariah Surgeon. Hi, welcome to Chili's. Jonathan Eward. That's me. And Jonathan Harm. Hello, everybody. Who was fashionably late to the last podcast, but is here for the whole time this time. <laughs> that was so freaking timed. <laughs> that was a text message notification my god i get all these push notifications on my computer now because my iphone is connected directly to my computer which is awesome sometimes and annoying other times i don't know if any of you all listen to the amazing podcast that is coaster radio but that was I a big coaster not. radio moment <laughs> <laughs> all right well um since it is close to new year's by the time this episode is coming out we're going to talk about the next set of episodes that are holiday related that phineas and ferb did like we said previously we're not really going to be talking about the family christmas episode because there wasn't really a whole lot to that there's some fun gags in it but righty tighty lefty loosey uh, so we're talking about Phineas and for winter vacation, which was an early. Actually, I do want to say one more thing about uh, family Christmas. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I do want to say one more thing. That, that moment where he's singing the Doofenshmirtz jingle to the tune. It was a missed opportunity to not do it to uh, Angels We Have Heard on High because it fits so perfectly. Like, do. Finchmertz, Evil Incorporated. <laughs> that's the Christmas Carol they should have used. Okay, that's my last thought about family Christmas. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're not we're not talking about family Christmas. We're mainly talking about um, For Your Eyes Only and Happy New Year, which was the winter vacation episode. And this one still had an original title sequence made just for this episode, but it still mentions Snow Angels That Fly. Very notable that... thing to have. Yeah, it's very notable that this was the first, this was the season premiere for season four. Um, and if you know if you know how Phineas and Ferb does it seasons, they don't really have season finales. So mm-hmm. well, they do. Or Until season premiere. I mean, they do, but like... Well, because season four was the last season, so it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. that the first episode starts with being a holiday special again. Yeah, it's, I think as a season premiere, I remember when I first watched it, I, I wasn't overly impressed by For Your Ice Only. Um, I thought as an episode, it was kind of, I'm just giving my first impression. So you'll know where I'm at going into this. I thought it was a pretty mediocre episode, especially when compared to like Christmas vacation, but the new year's episode really knocked it out of the park. 
Yeah. Well, I think I think we should have Mariah have the first word on this one because the whole thing opens with it's like our own miniature Canada when they're freezing over the backyard to make it a nice ring. Oh, the there's no there's no moose or disproportionate number of comedians. <laughs> first of all, I'm a comedian and I'm from Canada, so can confirm. <laughs> and the joke there is me being a comedian. <laughs> I actually so. I didn't finish Phineas and Ferb as it was airing, even though I started watching it when it was airing. I watched that episode and the rest of season four in 20 or late 2016, early 2017. And it would have been 2017 because at this point I knew I was going to go work at the Canada Pavilion. I had already done my acceptance, paid my fees. My visa was on its way. And I watch it and it was like their own miniature Canada. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> this is what I'm going to go do for 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> but I was still touched that Phineas and Verb would mention, you know, our, our big snowy home. But at the time I was watching that episode, it must have been the summer because I remember being like, there's no snow right now, which is <laughs> odd. It was right before Sidetracked. So they were there really in the Canada mindset. Yeah, they, they, uh, yeah. Phineas and Ferb don't know the real biggest difference between America and Canada, which is that Canada has human ALCA agents. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot about a lot of season four because I watched it once and then I only rewatched the other episode, like the episode that stuck out to me that I really liked. Unlike the other ones that I watched multiple times while airing. There's this great joke based off of Sidetrack in season four where they're like, oh, the rest of our agents are away at agent training convention whatever and uh uh like once again i'm the only girl because <laughs> that's the joke <laughs> not not that she was the only human but the fact that oh, she's also going girl. to training in america it was yeah phineas and ferb had the best bits so they had samantha b there i know they had john stewart how many other daily show people showed up on phineas <laughs> That's a separate We're, conversation. The, the quietness is us Googling the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I know John Oliver did Gravity Falls, but I don't remember him. John Oliver was in Gravity Falls? He was a uh, uh, wax Sherlock Holmes. Oh, of course he was. Outsmarted by a child in short pants? No! Fiddlesticks! Humbugs! It's a total kerfuffle! What a hullabaloo! Case closed! <laughs> you sneeze like a kitten. Those policemen were right. You're adorable. Adorable! My British accent does not sound intellectual. Believe me, I sound like a chimney sweep passing through a wood chipper. Yeah, this isn't one of my favorite episodes or anything, but it is kind of fun to see a standard formula Phineas and Ferb episode happening not during the summer. I mean, we kind of get that during Halloween, too, with the Halloween episodes. Uh, but it's mm. fun to see what's happening when it's, you know, snowing and everything. It's like, what do they do during the during the winter? I like so that Candace's whole plot it. involves Stacy feeding her information about <laughs> hockey. hockey. And then also involves a disposable camera. I think that 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 may have been the highlight gag of the episode. Yeah, so so Jeremy shows up and Candace is like, Hey Candace. Oh hi Jeremy! What a great ice rink. Wouldn't it just be perfect for figure ice skating? Hockey. What? Oh yeah. 
ice hockey. I didn't know that you were a hockey fan, Candace. <laughs> you betcha. Flipping over wing passes and shoulder dork in the old jazz hands. It's like some kind of disease. The amount of girls that I know who have tried to teach themselves about hockey for a guy. Maybe it's a Canadian thing, but that was like, <laughs> I was like, I know this girl. I went to high school with these girls. <laughs> Stacy, we have a code teal. Locusts? Are you sure? No, wait. I mean, code periwinkle. Periwinkle. A hockey emergency? I'm on it. So then she just Cyrano de Bergerac's it and uh Yeah, she has she has so she has Stacy in her ear um feeding her hockey stuff, but like hockey information. But the, the thing is I, I like how quickly that falls apart. It's not the thing that carries through the whole episode. Like it falls apart pretty much as soon as um Ginger starts arguing with Stacy over the computer. While the linesman may call only obvious technical infractions, go away. Obvious technical infractions go away. The player who committed the infraction is no gimme that. No, Ginger, I'm busy. I said, give me that back. If you don't give that back to me right now, Candace, gotta go. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. This was the episode we actually get confirmation that Stacey and Ginger are related after four seasons, or after three whole seasons of it being yes. in yeah. question. The other thing that's kind of that's kind of fun that ends up coming back in Happy New Year is um, Carl and Monogram are freezing, and actually the computer is literally froze in Alka. <laughs> And Carl's like, tech support said everything is fine. It's like, yeah, I think our, our heating guy went to Aruba for winter break. And then, spoiler for the next episode, they're, they're in Aruba. I do like that uh, these are the only two episodes like that, that where, you know, the writers actually put a lot of thought into, obviously, these episodes take place the same week. So let's actually continue a thread from one to the other. Yeah, I, I really like that. That's a fun little thread there that continues. And I like how, how Perry actually gave his kind of like disappointed kind of chatter sound when, <laughs> or, or uh, maybe, maybe a little mad or, or jealous too, or whatever emotion he was feeling there. Yeah, when they're on the <laughs> they didn't just use the regular chatter sound, you know. Was, no, they that, wouldn't, that wouldn't have worked anymore. And in this episode, Perry has to stop the inventors from becoming an abominable snowman. But the, the thing is, the abominable innator, the abominable innator, abominable innator. Oh, hey, works have <laughs> separated. Um, the abominable innator pretty much wears off after like 10 minutes. So, you know, that kind of just doesn't really go anywhere other than just, you know, funny gags with, first of all, it, sh it shoots Doofenshmirtz in the butt. And so it's just his... His, his butt is big and scary and hairy and the rest of it is just normal and then finally it takes effect and then it wears off almost as quickly was there an in-universe reason that it was only supposed to last 10 minutes i can't remember i don't think so did he have a backstory for this one i also can't um no it's just that he wants to be meaner and, and scarier to be able to take over the tri-state area this is after he was this this actually kind of ties in if we're like going into he relapsed at Christmas and then like he was able to dislike Christmas. It's like yeah. he's himself that he wasn't able to fully commit. So now he's like, I'm gonna go hard, I'm gonna be scary, I'm gonna make an abominable you cannot say that. wow, that is hard to say. Abominable <laughs> Well it's kind of like uh when he turned himself into Der Kinderlumper. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anything where he turns himself into something, it usually doesn't work out. I like when Phineas and Ferb does something general, but then when they run out of an idea, they just put a more specific take on a concept. Like, the reason mm -hmm. the Kinder Lumper episode works isn't because it's Doof turning himself into a big scary monster. It's because of the context 
of the Kinder Lumper and the fact that you know his mom sang him and Roger two different songs about the Kinder Lumper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Krampus. Yeah, so uh, of course uh, there's all the stuff with the abominable snowman thing, and hey, it's a Yeti that actually kind of works. Well, it was uh, before Joe Rody retired, so yeah. Uh, and of course, then the there's the whole um, gag where Linda wants to take a picture of the kids on 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 the ice, but her phone is dead, so she needs to go find a disposable camera. Oh, this is so bustable, Mom. D- Where's Mom? She went to the gift shop to buy a disposable camera. What the heck is that? It's a camera that you send away to get the film part developed, and then you take the non-film camera-only part and you throw it away. What the heck is film? See, but like, that, for me, that never worked because as a kid, a disposable camera was like a field trip staple. Like whenever oh, I went yeah, on a field absolutely. trip, like, well, whenever... to the San Diego Zoo, I would always get a, a disposable camera that I could have for the week. Yeah, I'll tell I'll tell so you I what I do. What what I do like about the <clears throat> gag though is it's very easy for like obsolete technology gags like that to be just like oh look at these dumb kids who don't know about this old thing it's very easy for those kind of gags to become like these kids today ranting what i like about this gag was that it spent a lot of time emphasizing how dumb the idea of disposable cameras was to begin with yeah like like when they finally find one it's like let me know if you want to buy anything else to throw away (laughs) (laughs) yeah Hey, Editor Chandler here. I just wanted to throw in that actually um, yesterday as I'm recording this, it'll be like a week and change later by the time you guys hear this episode. But I was at work and there was a guest that had a disposable camera and it blew me away. I'm like, someone still uses these. Why? I understand like a Polaroid being nostalgic, but a disposable camera is just obsolete. It's like the difference between... Uh, a Schwarzkopf looper and an old Aero custom looper that's just really rough and has bad transitions. I know I sound like a total nerd there, but basically the difference is one is glass smooth and still really fun, and the other one is just stupid. And now back to the podcast. Uh, oh, the other thing that I kind of was thinking when I was um, when <laughs> I was watching this episode again uh, is that Hockey Z Nine is basically the Waterworld holiday special. <laughs> it pretty much is it's 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 water world frozen over water world on ice it's like super super extreme edgy ice hockey is this song the same as uh football at seven? seven yeah it is it's the same song it's the same song just different lyrics this is the so. second time that they use it and they use it again in milo for uh do good or do and yeah as far as the doof scheme goes perry basically has to do nothing but the, the Doof scheme pretty much had to be what it was so that they could get uh, a Zamboni that would actually clean the Hockey Z9 stuff off. Up. It's like, oh, check um, out, a monster ice polishing machine. Okay, we're done, let's go. Oh, and the, the other thing I, I forgot to mention is um, th- this is one of those examples where they have a celebrity guest where their job is to just kind of be the celebrity guest. Is anyone else cold? Why is it so cold in here? We don't know who broke the time. Actually, I brought a blanket, so I'm okay. It, it was very similar to the, um, was it Jamie Oliver they had on, who was like, so what is meatloaf? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Where, where it's like they get a cameo from an expert in a certain field to be clueless about a very specific element of that field. <laughs> well, they want to say he's a hockey legend. Like, it's not like he's playing a different character. Right, but he just doesn't know why it would be cold in a hockey rink. Right. 
Say Canadian bacon, ham. <laughs> How do you feel about that running gag, Mariah? <laughs> She's going to say A, right? <laughs> the thing that bothers me is like in general that Americans and maybe other countries, I don't know. I should ask my sister. She actually lived in the UK for two years. <laughs> I don't know if other people call back bacon Canadian bacon, but what we call bacon in Canada is what Americans call bacon. And what you guys call Canadian bacon, we call back bacon or maybe uh. bacon. So like just the Canadian bacon jokes in anytime anything makes a reference to Canadian bacon. I'm like back bacon. The word you're looking for is back bacon. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know why it frustrates me. I don't so know much. why we decided to call it Canadian bacon in America. No, because it's not like because here in America we are very xenophobic. Well, the other thing is yeah. too, Even that nobody like... in Canada eats back bacon, but everyone in America knows what Canadian bacon is. I'm like, you guys eat it more than we do. Because we have two dishes that have it, and they're actually basically variations on the same thing. One of them is just way fancier. We have eggs Benedict and the egg McMuffin. We have Egg McMuffin here too, but I think we just use regular ham. The, I think the Egg McMuffin uses regular ham. They just call it Canadian bacon. Because I don't think that's actually ham. I think that's some ham byproduct, but probably yeah. it probably is. I don't think Maybe McDonald's all the comedians uses real in food. Canada should just start making American bacon jokes. <laughs> but th- then the joke falls flat because we just call it bacon. Yeah. Like no, but, but, but you should choose some other food of ours and pretend it's American bacon. Like get like a, a, a sausage of pork rinds. I got some American bacon, boys. Pork rinds. Pork rinds. Perfect. No, uh, perfect. Pork in Canada. Pork rinds are now American bacon. We're gonna start this. <laughs> wouldn't American bacon just be the McRib? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No. Um, oh, the other thing I kind of wanted to mention because this this is something that's come up in a couple that's applicable to a couple of episodes, but it's like Candace is so so gung ho on getting her mom. Her daddy's sitting right there. Well, like- I, I think I think by this point she knows that Lawrence isn't going to care or communicate it to linda so but then like yeah like when they did the the one with the monster truck in season one yeah lawrence was actually riding in it with candace so well yeah i know so it's like so i I don't quite understand how because we know canonically that linda would be very upset if she found out but then would they like be arguing would they end up arguing about that or i I mean that yeah that happened in finish and ferb get busted because when when Linda's all freaking out, Lawrence is like, oh my, what is this? It's like, oh, dude, do we really need this? That seems a little bit extreme, dear. And then it crushes the house. And then, then he's like, okay, yeah. That's, so if it uh, doesn't crush the house, it's probably fine. But like the pioneer town that they build when um, they do get busted in that episode before like time reverses or whatever that was, I forget exactly what happened in there. The one and cop she, out ending. And she's the mayor. Linda was like really upset by that, and that's not even like a crazy thing. The the Hobby Z9 stuff is way more dangerous than any of that. So I don't know. I think Hockey Z9, there's a lot of things that would make it more palatable for Linda, being the fact that it's it's being watched by a bunch of adults uh, around it who are probably supervising and monitoring the game from her perspective. Yeah, uh, she could she could also assume like, oh wow, that there's like adults putting on some sort of a stunt show that my kids are involved in exactly exactly like she might be worried about the waivers but she wouldn't put that on the boys because that is like a feasible actual thing versus you know this old western town just showing up in your backyard 
And then there's like the one episode that, was, and this is kind of jumping around a bit, but there was the one episode night. I kind of not remember what it's called all of a sudden, but the one with the block party, the one where there's the block party and Linda asks them to um, put on the finale. And then Candace tries to bust them. And I think she was successful in her eyes at least, but then it's like, well, no, this is what I asked them to do. I think that was called, was that Love at First Bite? Because Love at First Bite, yeah, that, that was the that one was where, that yeah, because Norm was in that one, yeah. I Again, think... st- still waiting for the follow-up with Norm and Chloe. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I kind of used a similar version of that in the, um, in the second of the um, live-action Phineas and Ferb videos that I did for school, where it's like the whole thing is that they've been they've been asked to help set up the school carnival and Candace tries to bust them but then it's like no this is this is all stuff that they set up for the school carnival they didn't even build the rides the school ordered them it's like oh wait everything was already ordered by the school yes oh okay mm. um, that was fun I would love to make another live action Phineas and Ferb thing sometime but I have to wait until because it would obviously ha- it was it would obviously be something at the parks but I have to wait until we can go to the parks without masks and I can cast people in that so i would love to see a doof and perry sketch set during covid night or like a phineas and ferb episode set during covid 19 where they're just where, doing whatever like they perry and doof have to do their whole thing but they can't get within six feet of each other <laughs> holding mops and like oh my god they're like pool noodles that, yes that would be perfect oh my god and like was, Phineas and Ferb. Well, there I was thought, an episode where we did see Perry wearing a mask. I forget the name of that one though. There's well, that's that's the uh, the you're a germaphobe. Carl's a germaphobe too. Yeah, yeah, he's like, hey Carl, he's a germaphobe just like you. <laughs> oh yeah, and the canonicity of whether or not Carl can end, can smell is you know constantly oh, questioned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In one episode he says he has no sense of smell, but in the other episode, in uh, in another episode. He uh, mentioned something about uh, one of the finer perfumes that come out of South Dakota. I think I think it's more can that he can't smell because there's the episode where his pasta is burning, or no, his his spaghetti is it? I think it, yeah, it's, it's spaghetti. How do you burn spaghetti? Yeah, because yeah, monogram had to remind him about it. spaghetti? You can overcook it, but how how do people manage to burn it? Um, sometimes this, I'm not speaking from personal experience here, but, um, sometimes if you do not clean out under your burner, it's not the pasta that's burning, but it like, it'll still create a burning if there's, oh, if there's leftover food particles. Okay. Well, yeah, that, but it's like, there, there's some people that are like, yeah, I don't know how to cook. And they feel like a picture of like blackened spaghetti. I'm like, how did you do that? They probably didn't add water to the pot. Well, yeah, that would, that would probably do it. It's like, I'm not a good Maybe they were just trying to reheat the leftovers on the (laughs) stove or something. Oh my god. I don't know. You never know. You never know. Um, So as for the next episode, um, the next episode is a really good one. This one is uh, Happy New Year, which of course is a New Year's episode, funny enough. (gasps) Who told you? (laughs) Linda's like, thanks for watching the boys uh, while we go to the party tonight. And... um, Vivian's like, no problem. I have all the neighborhood kids tonight. It's like, yep, all four of them. It's a small neighborhood. I guess, even though there is... Where are the fireside girls? I mean, they show up later, but I guess they weren't... They, they live two the neighborhoods night. over. Maybe? I don't know. Well, like, Danville is shown in other episodes to have, like, a more downtown metropolitan area. But also in Candace Against the Universe, Candace bikes past Stacy and Ginger's house. 
Right. But Ginger should at least be there. Ginger should at least be there, if not just the rest of them. And the rest of them show up in the backyard later, so it's like... Maybe Ginger there. was sleeping over at Addison's house. Who knows? Or, well, or maybe Irving, some of the neighborhood I, I kids I guess were... Irving just invited himself over. Yeah, when, he's when like always he stalking Phineas and Ferb. So. Maybe when she said, I have all the neighborhood kids tonight, some of them were inside playing video games or something. Yeah, that's probably that's, it. Yeah, that's good. That could be it, too. That's more of them were inside and then they just come over later when they realize oh hey they phineas ferb isabella buford and belgique didn't come inside so they must be doing something to the backyard this is actually the second time that phineas and ferb use memories in the context of a different invention as their invention. if you count candace against the universe now yeah like it, it seems like kind of very i guess in canon timeline inspired by what they did for candace but they're kind of trying to do for everybody in their lives yeah, I really mm. like that, but that's jumping way ahead. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> all right. Uh, Much like the series itself, we're doing this non-linearly, jumping all over yeah, the time. Yeah, of course. Right? Um, there's, uh, of course, uh, they talk about New Year's traditions, and, it's, uh, and um, they talk about the ball dropping from, uh, like, the, the New York City ball drop, and Isabel's like, and of course, there's the tradition of kissing someone special at midnight. But he's like, well, I know what we're going to do tonight. Really? Yeah, we're going to make a giant New Year's ball dropper from outer space. I, I, I can't help but feel like that, 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 the way that is done, it feels like Phineas is intentionally trolling her. I mean, when is he not? But like, it could, in, in my perspective, it kind of seems like Phineas got the idea and was so excited to talk about it that he probably tuned it out. Yeah, that's probably what happened, really. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, great, somebody's mentioned the thing that I can talk about. It's like, hey, I wanted to do this, and somebody mentioned it, so now we're going to do it. I, I can relate to that. It's like waiting for someone to mention something, so it's like, okay, I wanted to talk about this. Let's go. And so, of course, they build the whole uh, New Year's ball. Meanwhile, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Monogram and Carl bailed and went to freaking Aruba. <laughs> and poor Perry's oh, just God. freezing. Oh, my God. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Someone I follow on Twitter was like, I just found out that Kokomo is not a real place. I'm like, well, yeah, the whole point of the song is no, you find your own Kokomo, whatever it is. It's about finding your paradise or, or finding your beach, as the, the Corona beer commercials say. It's got to suck to be a marketing person in that on that team right now it's like okay so how many times can we not mention the name of our product while we're promoting it i know there was people who legitimately thought that you could get corona if you drank beer oh my god oh yeah that's that's a whole facebook group i'm sure (laughs) chandler you and i talked about this already how uh magic mountain the ride apocalypse used to be a post-nuclear war ride and then people were having a lot of anxiety about <laughs> nuclear war so they changed it to it's like a deadly virus oh my god this I'm, is what they did at the beginning of 2020 <laughs> i kind of hate myself for making a joke in the queue while we were waiting it's like while we were waiting in line for that because it's like oh yeah this is this is a COVID ride now and then a week later everything was shut down and that's the last theme park ride i've been on before all the parks around here closed plague well, no, rode, download no, sales so so fast no because we rode um west coast racers after we rode apocalypse so west coast racers was the last one. Oh, did we do racers afterwards yeah we did I racers forget. afterwards i forget we we did those two in some order yeah we did those two and then, and then you had a line and, and apocalypse ended up actually having a longer line 
And and then you rode X2, and I was like, I'm never riding this again because I'm old. <laughs> I rode, yeah, I rode Tatsu, and then I rode X2, and I wanted to ride Revolution. But and, and, and in hindsight, I probably should have decided to ride Revolution instead of X2 because, my God, that ride was... The, my, my ride on that, for whatever reason, the, the rides I'd taken on X2 back in September, including the last one you ever went on, um, and then the one I did later that day were not that bad. Like, I, I was not, like, horribly discomforted. And then that, th- that, that ride I took in March, like, slammed my thighs into the, into the seat. I'm like, this ride needs better padding more than anything. That would make you know- it much more enjoyable. <laughs> You know what looks more comfortable than X2? That infinity slide they've got inside the ball. Yes. Hey, nice segue. Okay, so. Tying uh, it back together. Yes, we're getting, it, we're getting back in there. So, yeah, the inside the, the New Year's Ball, they have punch bowl sailing, a balloon room, a bed of a thousand coats, an infinity slide, and the grand ballroom. So, yeah, all, some- the, all the essentials, of course. So how did Irvin get out of the infinity slide? <laughs> um, you hop, you have to hop out of it at a certain point, I guess. You have to wait for your number to get down to zero. Oh, no. <laughs> Go watch Infinity Train on HBO Max, guys. I guess he, he did get out of it, though, at some point. You notice you don't see anyone in the bed of a thousand coats because it's like, okay, well, we have this, but it's not that fun. It's kind of just there because we have to have a, an absurd amount of coats at a New Year's party, I guess. I like the whole coat fight scene with Doof and Perry. Yes, that's that, so, so going to the, the Doof and Perry part of the episode, I really love this plot because Perry's just like, okay, I, I know how this is going to go. Because, of course, Doof's whole plot is I'm going to take advantage of New Year's resolutions and have it be so that everyone makes their New Year's resolution that they want to follow me as their new leader. Me being Heinz Steven Schwartz, not me being me talking right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, the, the other thing that's kind of fun with that is that he traps Perry in a bottle of sparkling apple cider, which she just has to shake to get out of. Carbonation is fun. Uh, the, the other thing that's kind of fun there is that Norm is like preemptively celebrating and Doof is, is scolding him for that. It's like, what, what if tomorrow never comes and he was flattered a whole day celebrating? Yeah, it's one of those wonderful instances of Doof logic. Yeah, yeah. Le- leave it to Doof to find the most illogical way to be a glass half empty kind of guy. <laughs> uh, so of course Doof goes to the party and Perry follows behind closely, and they fight for a bit. They have that skirmish in the coat room. Uh, meanwhile, at the same party, um, actually, I like how uh, before that, that when Perry enters and Doof is like. Hey, this is a black tie affair. Perry jumps back in with a tuxedo coat on. He's like, well, I guess it doesn't say anything about pants. Perry <laughs> looks yeah. so good in a tuxedo. <laughs> I, Honestly, I love, that. I love that for him. But so, meanwhile, at this party, of course, um, you have Lydia and Lawrence just kind of chatting amongst themselves, which I'm like, you guys could have done this at home or you're not going to talk to anyone else? Okay. Um uh, and then, of course, the, the main other story happening at the, the party is Candace, uh, who has made her New Year's resolution that she's not going to bust Phineas and Ferb anymore. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with relapses, where that's the whole thing is that she's made this her resolution, but she it's not going well. And then she realizes, oh, hey, I actually have until midnight to, to bust them because my resolution doesn't kick in until midnight. And 
So she bails on the party and goes uh, back to the backyard where she finds Irving, who is recording it for his podcast. So, hey, even though it's a video podcast, I guess? Yeah, those exist. Yeah. We're trending right now. Hey, all you out there in internet land. <laughs> she never busts them. And internet land is not a real place. Yeah, there's there's so many great, you know, one-liners from people like that. D- does Coltrane have any lines in this? I know he's in it. It's one of those rare Coltrane. He shows up and doesn't say anything. I- I don't think he says anything because I don't think they wanted to bother to get Corbin in to say like two things. Yeah, yeah, because it's not it's not really worth doing that. He's not he's not really renowned for his voice work. He's not it, it was one of many little of... stunt casting bits they did. Uh, one of many little Disney Channel stunt casting. Yeah, bits he, they he's, did. He's just it's just like oh he's a Disney Channel star so of course we should have him in this. It's not like they really got him because not not to say that he's bad by any means, but they, they didn't get him because he's a voice actor guy. They got him because he's a, he's a, he's a Disney Channel guy. It's actually uh, really interesting that the only one of like that teenager crew that is not voiced by a Disney Channel actor or actress is Stacy's voice actress. Yeah, most of them all are. It's also interesting that you know Kelly, who never actually sang for Stacy until Candace Against the Universe in the in the ensemble. Like they yeah. cast almost all musical actors and actresses, but she she just fits Stacy so well that I don't blame them. Like, yeah, she, she really brings something to a character that could have otherwise been really one or two note. Absolutely, I I love Stacy in general. I love Stacy as Candace's foil, as like as Candace's sort of conscience in an episode. Yeah, I I, I love Stacy as like trying to keep Candace on track and trying to keep sense into her. She doesn't always, though. (laughs) Also still having some teenage cluelessness in her own right. There there was that one line there, and was it, Mom, can you hear me, where Candace is begging Stacy to go try to bust the boys, and Stacy finally agrees, and she goes, oh, I am such an enabler. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Um, Oh, the other kind of random line I I like is... uh, Candace is running towards the backyard. She slips on some ice and she ends up do- doing this like whole parkour thing. And she's like, oh, that parkour training actually paid off. Step aerobics don't fail me now. Step aerobics don't fail me now. I don't know. Stacy and, and Candace's friendship just feels real in a way that I mm. feel like is really hard to capture for a lot of yeah, shows, especially when it's not the primary dynamic that the show's exploring. Stacy is definitely a grounding presence, which is necessary in a show like this, where so many of the characters are so wild and out there. Yeah, I think I think Jeremy is too. Jeremy is like just the most patient man in the universe. They're they're both very well crafted to be foils to Candace's insanity in general, and uh, they're both very like they're, they're they're both different types of straight man to Candace. Um, and they both work so well. And I feel like Jeremy but, as a character like makes Candace like almost seem crazier because he's everything that she's worried about and like the exact she he's the he's the exact opposite of everything that she's worried about. They're like, very they're they're very like Jeremy and Candace are very Ben Wyatt and Leslie Nope. Uh, yes. <laughs> except without Ben's quirks and neuroses, but 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 in in the way they balance each other out like that, um, and and but Stacy in particular, like she can be that grounding presence, but she's also capable of being very funny on her own, and she's 
I think Stacy might be the most underrated character. I think the the most we've really seen of Jeremy on his own is uh, that bit in Milo where Cavendish and Dakota are, and we don't even actually see uh, Jeremy. We hear his voice. We hear his voice where Cavendish and Dakota keep going through the drive through, yeah. and he's like, "Okay, we're out of everything except for fish sandwiches because you guys keep eating everything in the restaurant." He gets so frustrated. It's the angriest we ever hear Jeremy at anything. Honestly, I think him working at Mr. Slushy Dog is a really, or Mr. Slushy Burger, or whatever they decide to call it in any given episode. <laughs> I think it actually explains why he is so patient because, like, as yeah, someone who's really working in retail, um, he he has to have an extreme amount of patience in that profession, especially given that he's still in school and he's trying to go to college. Yeah, but get all those the dweeby patch jackets. Yes. Um, but I love how Harry's just like, okay, I'm gonna fight with Duke for a little bit, and then I'll just sit down and let it happen. And of course, his innator works, but everyone immediately just gives up on the resolution because nobody ever keeps their New Year's resolution. He's like, you knew about this, didn't you? And Perry's like, yeah. <laughs> I like it's how- one. Oh, sorry, oh, punched and Go kicked ahead. me, and he just kind of shrugs his shoulders. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like. Uh... It's, it's like when you're arguing with somebody, but you know you're right, and you put up a fight for a little bit, and then you just eventually give up and wait for them to be proven wrong. It's like yeah. anyone who tries to argue that The Last Jedi is not a masterpiece. It's like, oh, well, while I agree with you, I do think there is an argument there. but I don't think it's a masterpiece, but I think it's good. Um, the whole fact that Doof's defeat comes from nobody following their resolution, it, it is one of those, like, it, it's a joke you kind of see coming if you've ever heard a New Year's joke before, right. but it's it, it's still it's still the right joke for the for the scene, I think, and it feels very pinky in the brain to me, like 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 just <laughs> the the whole plot unfolding because the evil mastermind coming up with the plot missed one fundamental aspect of basic human behavior that that is like one universal truth they were just oblivious to because you know it's a new year it's a brand new beginning yes that song is great and that's just the perfect end of the episode the song is good but again keeping it in the animaniacs world it's really hard to top the happy new year song from the end of hooray for north hollywood yeah that's true that's that's a good one because I, I, I say this as someone who has never cared about New Year's as a holiday. The Animaniac song gets me genuinely emotional each time. Whereas this one is still very good. It, it, it's, good. it's just it's very good. It, 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 it's one of those, you know, you never forget your first love in a very specific genre of children's animation songs about New Year's. Yeah. It's Olivia Olsen singing, so I mean, of course. you can't go wrong I mean, there. Yeah, that is always welcome on this show. Yeah, yes. we can't have a, a winter-themed episode of Phineas and Fur without having an Olivia Olsen solo, where Vanessa does not show up in the episode. I find it interesting that there is quite a few times that Olivia Olsen is a disembodied voice on the show, where it's not meant to be Vanessa singing, but they mm-hmm. can't really do that with any of the other voice actors because their voices are too distinct. Except for Swampy. I love that she's also the voice for Lindana's yes. singing, which is just so funny. 
So, uh, do we have anything else to say about the New Year's episode? I was going to say, does anybody know how, fa how fast in furlongs per jiffy their car goes? <laughs> <laughs> furlongs per jiffy. It's one, uh, one one thousandth of a fortnight. Milo um, Murphy's Law and its time references. Yeah, somewhere on, on Twitter, I think if you scroll back far enough in my timeline, yeah, I, I actually like wrote out all the math because I was just curious and figured it out so <laughs> i couldn't tell you what it is right now i don't even remember if you're bored <laughs> go, go find my timeline and scroll all the way back to like after probably a week or so after that episode of milo murphy premiered <laughs> so generally the new year's episode is good which i don't think is a controversial opinion that it's the better half of the episode i think they're a fun package deal um yeah, yeah. I, I think i think it's fun that we got these two otherwise normal episodes that just happen to not take place during the summer and you know they did that a couple times with halloween and with doof 101 and i'd be curious if they had gone another season if they would be doing that even more just sort of branching out from the summer a little bit oh we're gonna do a valentine's day episode or something like that yeah or because as it is like every character has a birthday during the summer so i'd right. be except for we know for a fact that Ferbs is on February 29th because someone said that. So uh, they, they, could, they could do a, a Leap Day episode for Ferbs' birthday. Dude, that would be good. That's a fun idea. I, I realize there are only so many holidays where to do the holiday episode. But it's like, I, if they had done a season five, would there have been a Thanksgiving episode maybe? Would there have been... Uh... A Phineas and Ferb Thanksgiving. Yeah, I can see it. I, I see see Phineas and Ferb do like the WKRP turkey drop, but actually make it work somehow. Um, I would just like to see Doof's family reunion. Like that's ah. Well, I feel like for Thanksgiving they would obviously want to put on a parade, but they kind of already did that in another episode. So that's true. They did do parades, um, but but I mean, it, it'd be interesting to see just what other holidays that are not so summer specific they would have tackled. Uh, but it's as it is, Arbor Day. Arbor Day. <laughs> it's the day when all the ships come sailing into the arbor. <laughs> all right. So, does anyone have anything they want to plug? Well, I'm I'm Jonathan, and you can find me at YouTube.com/slash The Second Dimension. That's with the two, so the Second Dimension. And then you can also find me on Twitter at PFMML News. Hey, I'm the other Jonathan on here, and I am on Twitter at auto h adjacent and uh my website is showmecartoons.com we're working on that we're, we're sure, working it's... on that next episode of eddie on the clock we're still working it's gonna be so i don't think i actually mentioned what i don't think we actually mentioned what it is but the whole thing is is based around an amusement park so it's yeah it's the gonna tentative be title is a day at the park so yeah um uh, I'd also I also want to point out that the, the two Jonathans on this call have actually met in person before, so that's This awesome. is true. Yes, because we we were at Hollywood Studios. Yeah, I've, yeah, I got a picture of us, and and uh, Landon was there too, and yeah, I got a picture yeah, of us in front of the Millennium Falcon. I have yet to meet any of you in person except for Chandler. Yes, because we, we, we met in California twice. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll work on that someday when it's actually safe to meet a person in person again. Yeah, exactly, and, exactly. And of course, Mariah also met you in person. We wrote it's probably Yeah, when I was sick with not COVID, but could have been COVID. I'm not sure. Yeah. The one time I met Chandler in person, I literally like couldn't talk. 
but it was also oh. one of my last days I ever went to Disney before the pandemic. So good memories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can find links to all my things at doggins.com, D-O-G-G-A-N-S, all my socials, all my YouTubes, all my things. All the things. I'm at uh, youtube.com slash the second dimension, and that's with the two, so like the two ND dimension. You can find me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. I have a whole bunch of new videos planned over there that are going to come out at some point, and I'm really excited for that. I was supposed to have a Christmas video, but that ended up getting worldwide for copyright so i will have a new year's video out it may be before or after the new year but it'll be kind of a retrospective of the last 10 years in theme parks so look for that at some point soon if you like this and want to hear more be sure to subscribe i'm on anchor and all the other usual places google play spotify apple podcasts and at starport 97 on youtube if you want to help me out even more you can pledge to me on patreon just search for channel de Rocher. And join me next time when we talk about Recess Schools Out, because summer in January. It's gonna be great, cause we're staying up late, then tomorrow we're sleeping all day. It's New Year's Eve, gonna have a blast. The new one's here and the old one's past. So forget your worry and everyone hurry you here. It's okay, be a jerk, don't push your cat.